Thank you, sir. Crack sound ministry back there. Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing all right? Amen and amen. Glad to have everyone here this evening. As um, what we like to do at this time, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing, Oh, How He Loves You and Me, hymn 63. Oh, How He Loves You and Me, hymn 63. Amen. this evening, Lord, that you love us, Father, and we love you because you first loved us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray right now, Father, that uh, you'll be with us uh, this evening, Lord, as we uh, continue to sing praises to you, but also, Lord, as we uh, take the opportunity to uh, open up your word, Lord, and learn from it. And we just pray, Lord, you'll be with our pastor as he brings forth the message, Father. And Father, we pray, Lord, that when we leave here, we'll be the better for it. It is in the name of Jesus we ask. Amen and amen. You may be seated as we turn to hymn 62, hymn 62, one day. Hymn 62, one day. Hymn 62, one day. Thank you. 
Amen. You got beer? Say amen. 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 I'm glad you're here too. Let me. Uh, got your bulletins from Sunday. Now we didn't go over them too much Sunday, so if you've got those, go ahead and pull them out. And please don't forget, men, uh, prayer breakfast Saturday morning, 8:30. All right. And so please be here, ready to go. And uh, and then of course. Uh, soul winning is at 9:30. So men, y'all come and let's uh, help me, please. If you do, if you text and got some of our men on there on your uh, contact list, please send them a text and let's uh, remind them uh, that uh, prayer breakfast is Saturday at 8:30. So please, uh, it means a lot coming from somebody else. Right. Amen. I'm supposed to do that, but you know, if it comes from you carry some weight. So let me encourage you, please help us with those other guys and let's have a good group turnout. Been doing pretty good. Uh, so let's just go ahead and put that uh, extra effort in that and see what we can do for Saturday. And then of course Sunday is uh, 23 and 23. Amen. Uh, it was our first Sunday of the month. So that let me encourage you to be here also at 8.30 Sunday morning for prayer. And uh, let's gather around and let's pray and ask God for something special. Uh, September, October, and November are growing months for a church, okay? And Amen. so I want to encourage you. You say, well, how do we do that? Well, it starts with prayer first, right. and, uh, and then it starts with some shoe leather, Yeah. okay? That takes place at 9.30 on Saturday morning the day before. Uh, so let me encourage you, please come, and uh, Sunday morning at 8.30, and join with us. And let's have 23. Brother Marco said we had 23 uh, last month, so... Let's do it again, amen, and have that many uh, Sunday morning at, at 8.30. Uh, also, we've got the uh, Andretti thing coming up September 16th. Uh, if you'd like to go, sign up for that. And uh, it's 10 bucks, but, but you've got to have 12. And I think there's that many signed up. But uh, from what I understand, it's a lot of fun. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, and I think some of the men, they've been even playing pickleball. Amen. There's only been one or two winners, but there have been several players, amen? And I'm not going to mention any names uh, because they cheat, uh, but I think his initials, his initials are Kerry Hartgraves, you know? I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but they've been having a great time. And so, uh, you know, I've, I haven't played yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. And, uh, but I've heard they get pretty serious. Who's your partner? Brother Frank, oh, that says it all right there, you know. I know, uh, yeah. So y'all split up, y'all don't stay on the same team. Oh. <laughs> that sounds like you're just throwing somebody a bone, you know. So, uh, but that's, they have a lot of fun with that. So just, uh, that's coming back around again, so don't forget about that. Of course, ladies' retreat's coming up as well next week. Uh, ladies, so if you have any more uh, any more questions about that, that's on the eighth and the ninth. So uh, see Miss White about that, okay? And I know they appreciate it. Uh, pull, get your uh, prayer request uh, sheet out, and let's go over that. And uh, I, let me say, I appreciate you praying for my mother. She's doing well. She's supposed to get out of the of the uh, physical therapy place uh, Saturday, so and go home. So that's still, you know. That's another uh, uh, hurdle, I guess, but the Lord knows what's going on, so, uh, uh, but continue to pray with, uh, for her and dad. Dad, he's, 
Dad was 92 yesterday, and I've been tickled all all uh, the last few days because my sister called and said that uh, last I think it was Thursday or Friday last week he went to the DMV and got his driver's license renewed. <laughs> And his, his, he said that when he got them, he said, man, I don't have to renew them again until I'm 95. <laughs> and uh, so he's happy. I called today to talk to him, and uh, I, I couldn't find him. And hit my sister said, oh, he's out driving around somewhere. <laughs> so he's having a good time. So, uh, But continue to pray for everybody else because he's driving. Amen. Uh, but no, he does well, and I'm I'm thankful that the Lord's been good to my parents about their health. But uh, and I appreciate your prayer. Uh, please continue to pray, for Brother Gary Lund. He's back in the hospital; he has some uh, fluid on his lungs. So keep him in your prayer. Uh, also, continue to pray for Miss Eva. She goes back to the doctor tomorrow with about her foot. So pray for her as well. Uh, and then there's several others on here. We ask that you continue to please uh, pray for them and uh, and ask God's healing upon them. And uh, I know that they would appreciate it, but I also know that God answers prayer. Amen. And and, and if we'll do our part and pray, believing. Oh, y'all still here. Say amen. Y'all awful quiet. If we pray believing and pray expecting, God, God will take care of us. Amen. But we've got to pray believing. Uh, that God is a God who answers prayer. And we're going to talk a little bit about that even tonight in our lesson about David. But I'm thankful for that. So please pray for all of these on our list. Uh, pray for Gene Harmon, if you would, on our missionary list. I spoke with him today. He's going in uh, for surgery uh, in two days, I think it is, for uh, the, the cancer in his tonsils. So please pray for him. Uh, he said that the meeting he preached just the other day uh, was a great success. God blessed. So he's asking for a prayer for his surgery. Remember, I haven't heard anything from Brother Merlot, but his daughter had surgery today. Uh, he he doesn't have a U.S. chip in his phone, so I, uh, you can't reach him. So, uh, But pray for him. And uh, again, that the Lord took care of that. And I know that they would certainly appreciate that as well. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God's, uh, ask God's answer to prayer on these that we've mentioned. And take these prayer sheets home with you and remember to pray for them, all right? Anybody need a prayer sheet, by the way, that did not get one? If you'll raise your hand, we want to make sure. That, all right, everybody have one. All right. Father, we thank you, Lord, for prayer. Uh, pray, God, that, and I'm thankful that we do uh, serve and we do worship a prayer-answering God. And, and uh, Lord, we... Help us, God, to be prayer warriors. Help us, God, to put on the whole armor of God. And, and Lord, as you told us in Ephesians 6, but, Lord, and then verse 18, Paul says to pray always, God, uh, with all supplication for all saints. And, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be a people of prayer and, God, that we would lift up one another in prayer. And, and uh, God, that, uh, Lord, that you'd answer all of these prayer, prayers according to your perfect will. Thank you, Lord, for the way you've taken care of our people, and Lord, the way you've lifted them up, and, and Lord, we continue to pray for them. We pray for Miss Erica, Lord, her cancer, Lord, that you'd continue to be with her. Uh, God, we pray for Brother uh, brother Dennis and Miss Susie and their health. Lord, we pray for Miss Brenda, who has uh, uh, knee surgery coming up. Lord, we lift her up in prayer. God, we pray for Brother Gene Harmon, missionary to China. God, we pray for him as he's uh, approaching surgery in the next couple of days, Lord, for cancer on his throat. God, I pray that, Lord, that you'd please help them to get all the cancer. And, Lord, that there'll not be 
any difficulty, Lord, or any problems with his speech, Lord. And, God, you've called him to preach. And, Lord, a, a preacher needs a voice. And I pray, God, that you'd please help him not to have any trouble with his voice. God, I thank you for answered prayer for mom and dad. Lord, our folks that have lifted them up in prayer. I pray, God, that you'd continue to uh, watch over them and their help. Lord, we also continue to pray, Lord, for uh, our other folks that are sick. God, we pray for Brother Dale Maker and his cancer. Lord, thank you for Brother Ron is doing better. We lift him up in prayer. And then, God, a special prayer for Brother Gary Lund, who's in the hospital. Lord, we pray for him, that God, that you'd be with him. And also, Miss uh, Miss Eva, Lord, in her foot. God, I pray that you'd watch over him. Lord, and many others, God, we lift them up in prayer tonight, God. And I know that the folks here tonight, if I were to ask for hands for unspoken requests, every hand in, the, in this auditorium would go up, Lord. And so I pray that, God, that you'd be with our people. Thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness, Lord. And, and God, they, they came tonight to hear from you. And I, I pray, God, so that you'd keep me out of your way. Fill me with your spirit, Father, and empty me of me. And, and God, that you might flow through me. God, help me to, to uh, preach the message that you've uh, given me tonight, Lord. And may it be an encouragement and a challenge to our folks. Thank you, Lord, again for your goodness to us. Pray, God, that you'd bless the rest of this worship, Lord. Bless this offering that we're about to receive. And we give you praise and give you glory for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
1 Samuel chapter 19, 1 Samuel chapter 19, we'll begin reading in verse 8, and we'll read down through verse 11, Psalm 19, verse 8 through 11, you'll please stand in honor of reading God's holy, inspired, infallible, inerrant word, preserved, amen, and uh, give honor to the Lord, we'll, we'll begin in verse uh, 8, found your place, say amen. Amen. Verse 8 says, And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. Uh, and Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him, to slay him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. Father, bless the reading of your word. Pray, God, that you bless the message tonight. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, David has repented. Uh, excuse me, Saul has repented, or, you know, or as I wrote down, or does he? Now, for the way he's treated David, and, and so Jonathan, he's, he's brought David back into Saul's court, uh, and David is restored. And however, Saul's repentance and David's restoration only stopped Saul for, uh, you know, for just a little while in trying to kill David, and, and pretty soon Saul is back trying to kill him, back to his old ways, and tries to... Uh, you know, nail David to the wall again with the javelin. And, and you see here, as we read in verse 8, there's war again. And David goes out just like he's always done. David is faithful. Amen. He has a responsibility. And, 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 and if you think, it doesn't matter what anybody else has done to him, he's going to go take care of his responsibility. Amen. He, uh, the circumstances, David goes. And takes care of his responsibility. Well, he goes out and he fights. And they, the Bible said David went out, fought with the Philistines, and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter. And they fled from him. Well, uh, David's had another great victory, all right? And, uh, and everything is going great. God's blessed again. And, but then you come to verse 9, and, and notice, what, notice what it says. The evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. Now, remember, every time this evil spirit comes on Saul, Saul literally goes crazy. I, I, me and my wife talking about this the other day. I, I really, Saul has lost his mind. He's lost control of his faculties. And, and if you go back again to verse 8, this is why. Because David goes out. And he has a great victory. Remember the song, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Well, David goes back out, has another victory, and I'm sure these songs that are coming back, that Saul's remembering them. And, and, and the only reason Saul is remembering all this is because he's filled with envy and jealousy of David. And there's no reason for that. 
None whatsoever, none. David is loyal to Saul, extremely. And we're going to see, about, see this. Uh, but, but Saul is eaten up with envy and jealousy. He can't stand to see the other guy be successful. And so because of Saul's envious spirit, he opens the door for the evil spirit again to come into his life. And so after David's victory, Saul starts having trouble again. Jealousy, envy, evil spirit. It's a progression. Look in, in, again to notice what happens. There's David. He goes out. He wins. At verse 9, the evil spirit uh, from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. Now, I'm, now think about this. Saul, David's purpose when when the first uh, when Saul first brought him in was to play his harp and to soothe the evil spirit, right? And before this point, uh, Saul has already thrown a javelin at David. David has been reinstated. He's back in his place. Uh, he has a responsibility. He knows what it is. <clears throat> the evil spirit comes back in. David knows his place, and he comes back in. To play his heart. Now, let me ask you this question: How much, uh, how much humility do you think it takes for David to go back in there? I mean, he's he just wants to be a blessing. He's just trying to do the right thing, and so the evil spirit comes. David says, "You know, I think I can help him," and he's trying to do the right thing, and 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 so he goes back in. And I thought, you know, what what is it? Do you think that causes us or gets in our way of opportunities to serve the Lord. Same thing we've talked about for weeks and weeks, pride. Here's David. He has an opportunity to go back in, even though it's a difficult deal. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Even though it's hard, he has an opportunity to serve God and do something good. David could have said, listen, I ain't going back in there. Man, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm not doing it. Lord, I know this is my place. I know Saul has, uh, has repented and he said all these things, but I'm, I am not going back in there. But that's, that's not David's attitude at all. David has a humble spirit. And not only was he, did he have a humble spirit, but he had courage. Not only did it take humility to go back in there, but it took some courage for him to go back. I mean, twice before, Saul has thrown a javelin at David. And, but David stays true to his duty and to his responsibility, and he goes back. And like David, think about this. If we're going to do what God calls us to do, if we're going to do our duty or take care of our responsibility, sometimes we're going to just have to trust God to watch over us and protect us. Even when it's difficult. You think sometimes serving God puts us in not-so-comfortable situations. But we today, we want, ser we want serving God to be easy, we want it to be comfortable, and we want it to be convenient. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, I mean, think of it. How, how many churches today have tried to make worship all three of those? They've, they've not only that, but we've moved this, the, the first day of the week back to Saturday. By the way, Sunday's the first day of the week. But now we think, you know, there's some denominations that they may have something. They've been having service on, on uh, Saturday. So Baptist churches have, got, have started doing that. 
we're going to have church on Saturday night. So that way we only have one service on Sunday. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Because after all, we want to give, uh, give families an opportunity to do things together. But on Sunday instead, you know what they do? Mom takes half the kids over that direction, and Dad takes the other half over this direction. They've got softball, volleyball, I mean, every other, other kind of balls, and, and they spend no time whatsoever, and they certainly didn't go to service on sun, Saturday night. You, are y'all still with me? I mean, churches have changed up everything in order to make worshiping God convenient. Listen, worship has never been convenient. Worship always costs you something. Remember, David said, I'll not give something to God that didn't cost me anything. But yet, that's what we want to do today. And, and so here's David. He, it, he's in an uncomfortable situation, and, and he goes right back in. And, and by the way, there's a lot of preachers today that want ministry to be comfortable and easy. Listen, sometimes ministry is neither comfortable nor easy. And it's, and it's most times not convenient. I mean, I, I, there's been, I can't tell you how many times, and Brother Marco's the same when I've heard the, if my phone rings at 3 o'clock in the morning, listen, I might as well just stay up. Because when your phone rings at 3 o'clock in the morning, it, it's never anything good. Amen. It's usually somebody's in the hospital, somebody's been in an accident, all kinds of things. And if my phone rings at 3 or, you know, in the morning like that, uh, my heart goes to 90 to nothing. And in a snap of the finger, your, your blood pressure goes sky high. And, it's, and somebody calls and says, oh, I'm sorry, is Jonathan there? And I'm thinking, you have the wrong number. And, you know, and it's like, might as well get up now. Well, ministry is none of those things ever. And David goes back and he takes care of his responsibility. He's, he's humble. He, he it shows courage. And he goes back. And notice what happens. We see Saul has malice toward David. And Saul throws his javelin or spear. And, and I was, when I was reading this, I thought of something. It says, and Saul sought to smite David, even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence. You know what that tells me, and I think we're going to see this in a minute, but I I don't want to forget about it. Saul is serious about this. And if if we fail to see the seriousness of evil, if we fail to see the seriousness of sin, it'll cause us to deal with it in a lenient way. Uh, it'll cause us to deal with it in a way that would allow it to come back, it'll, in a way that it will overcome us. We have to be careful because look again in verse 9. It says, Saul sat in his house. What's the rest of that say? Read it to me. Oh. Saul's ready to do evil. He's ready to sin. You know? It's like driving around the, the old story about, you know, somebody giving up donuts for, uh, uh, you know, for, for fasting. And so, Lord, you know, um, Lord, if there's not a parking place right in the front of this donut shop, I'll, if there's one there, I know it's your will that I have one. And then it's like, man, Lord, look at that. There's a parking place right in the front. I only had to drive around this place ten times before one opened up. <laughs> 
I mean, think about it. We we got to be careful. Now Saul here is ready to do the the wrong thing. He's ready to to do evil. And if you keep the opportunity to sin close, listen near at hand, then more than likely you're going to sin. You're going to do it. Years ago, I don't I don't remember. I think it was in Reader's Digest. Y'all remember when we had those and had these little stories in them. And I read something in there once, and and I believe that if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be. But it said if you think about doing something more than 90 seconds, the likelihood of you doing it, the percentages are really high. And I'm thinking, well, here's Saul. He's sitting over there in his house in his chair. We got his javelin in his hand. You know what? He's already thought about it. He's already ready. He knows David's going to be there. He knows that that he's that that you know that David is coming. He, the evil spirit's on him, and he knew he knows David is a good young man, and he's he's been faithful, and he's going to come back, and he's going to play his harp. So you know what? Saul is ready. He's ready to do the wrong thing. Listen, uh, it'd be like. Uh, I'm talking about being ready to sin. You know, keeping beer in your fridge and saying, you know, I'm going to quit drinking. Yeah, amen, or, or if you keep a pack of cigarettes close by, you're more than likely you're going to smoke them. Dirty pictures or something, you're going to look at them. You know, listen, we got to get that, we got to get away. We got to put that away from us with all malice is what Scripture says. Listen, the devil can put enough in our path without us helping him. We don't have to provide him a way. You know, there's things that I've done in my life that I say, you know, I, I am not going to give Satan an opportunity to mess me up. If I'm, if I'm counseling someone in my office, if I'm counseling another lady, you know what I do? I tell my wife. I say, listen, so-and-so needs some help, and I need you to be there. So I leave the door open, and if she's not in there, she's sitting at her desk right there with the door to my office wide open. Amen. Uh, there, listen, there are safeguards that we can do in our life that will help us, and it will not give place to the devil. Listen, that, that's why phones are so dangerous these days, because it is so easy to give place to the devil with them. My kids always wanted a phone. You know, everybody in school had one, and they were going, Daddy, you know, so-and-so has one, I'm th- and I'm telling you, you're 10. Yeah, but so-and-so's got them. I don't care. Then when they got to high school, it was, Daddy, so-and-so's got a phone. And I said, get you a job. You can have one. I don't mind you having a phone as long as you pay for it. Listen, I don't want them. I, I want to keep them away from the temptations that Satan can use on them as long as I possibly can. Amen. Uh, Saul here, he's ready to do the wrong thing. We, and, and he had a javelin in his hand. Look in verse 10. It says, David, let me read it. It says, David slipped out or slipped away out of Saul's presence. Now, notice this. He slipped out before Saul threw the javelin. If you read it, that's the way I read it. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he, David, slipped away out of Saul's presence. You know what that tells me? That Listen, that David was a pretty discerning individual. David was close enough to God, and he knew when something was up. And he didn't wait around until the bad things happened before he thought, you know, this thing has really gone south. No, wait a minute. It's already too late normally if you wait that long. 
David has been, he's been close to God and God helped him and he slipped away out of Saul's presence. When somebody's in this mental state, like we're talking about Saul, they literally do not remember anything that they do when they get back in their right mind. They, they've lose, they lose all control. Oh, really? I didn't do that. Yes, you did. Why do you think the Bible says that strong drink is raging and wine is a mocker? You know, who hath, who hath red uh, or wounds without cause? That's what the Bible says about it. And, 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 and I've known guys that have, that have stayed too long at, at the wine when it, you know, moveth itself about. It's what Scripture says. And they drink that stuff and they, they lose control of themselves. And the next day they wake up and they're thinking, man, what did I do? Saul's the same way. But Saul, it's happened to him because of an evil spirit. And this is a good lesson, I think, for you and me as, as, as saints of God. You know, we, we cannot let down our guard against evil, ever. We, we, got, we, we can't do that because the devil loves to lure us into a, 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 an attitude of complacency about evil because when we let down our guard, he's going to take over. Don't matter how small it may be. Listen, we need to be like a Barney Fife. We need to nip it in the bud. Amen. Listen, we can't let it go. If we let it grow, sin, eventually it will grow and it will destroy somebody's life. I, one time I had somebody ask me, you know, every time you go to a restaurant, they ask you if you want something to drink because they're supposed to normally. And I told this one person one time, I said, listen, no, I don't want anything to drink. I, I could be an alcoholic, and I don't even know it. And one drink could, could put me over the edge. Listen, we don't know. This, there's something in our life, the devil could throw it at us, and if we give in to temptation, it could put you over the edge no matter what it is. We've we got to be careful. Don't give place to the devil. And if we see something that's going on in our life, we need to take care of it immediately. And that's what, that's what David does. Because the devil, listen, if we give him an inch, he'll take the whole thing. And when we let our guard down, when we fail to take watch unto ourselves the whole armor of God, Satan will fire off one of his evil, fiery darts straight into your heart. And, and I, can, I can't even count the number of Christian people today have, that have gotten out of church simply because the devil threw something at them and they were not able to handle it. Yeah. But David is on the alert. The Bible says he fled. He fled from the place of evil. Now, the, 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 and I thought this was pretty interesting. The Bible is very specific about this. I, I, you know, the Bible is full of stuff like this if we'll just dig in there a little bit. Uh, the Bible is specific, in the, in, and I'll give you these verses. The Bible says, flee. We're talking about fleeing. David fled. The Bible says, flee fornication, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. It says, flee from idolatry, 1 Corinthians 10, 14. It says to flee these things, talking about materialism in 1 Timothy 6. It says to flee youthful lust in 2 Timothy 2.22. Listen, when temptation and evil comes our way, we must flee. We have to get out and we have to do it immediately. 
We don't, you know, God's not interested in seeing how close we can get to evil and not getting it on us or sin. We think, man, we can get this. No, wait a minute. Get away. Stay away from it. Uh, The devil is luring you into a place of complacency where we think, oh, I can handle that. Listen, you may not. And if you're able to handle it, maybe someone else that's watching you, they may not be able to. Uh, We have to flee, get away. Notice uh, Saul's snare. Uh, One thing that I, uh, look in verse 11, one thing that I've learned is that the enemy doesn't give up very easy. They're relentless. So failing to kill David with the javelin when Saul threw it, all that did was cause Saul to try something else, try something different. So this time in verse 11, uh, it says, Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. Now, a couple of things I want you to see this is these messengers. Remember, we talked about this, that, and I was telling Brother Shelton about this a while ago. Uh, these messengers, you remember early on when the Bible says that the messengers loved David? What happened? Evil influence. I mean, and Saul comes in and says, okay, you know, here's these same guys that said, oh, David. I can see them, David, man, you the man. We love you. I mean, we're so thankful that you're here. And then, the, and then Saul sees them a few days later and says, listen, I want you to go watch for David, and I want you to kill him in the morning. Okay. Be careful. Evil company corrupts good manners. You got to be careful who you run with. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. If you want somebody to help you be a better Christian, then hang around a better Christian. You can't hang around somebody, a low-level you know, Christian, if you will. I don't know how else you explain it and expect them to raise. Listen, if they're down here and you're up here, they're not going to raise you up. They're going to drag you down. You remember the old saying, one bad apple. Yep. Listen, child of God, you better be careful who you run around with because eventually if you run around with the wrong people, they're going to influence you to the wrong kinds of things. Bad company corrupts good manners. Evil company is what the Bible says. So Saul sends these messengers to David's house to watch him, and the Bible says to slay him in the morning. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 59. Now, this is one of David's psalms. And if you look under the heading, it says, When Saul sent, and they watched the house to kill him. See that under there? Yeah. This psalm is a psalm of David, and David here is describing what's going on in this passage of Scripture here in 1 Samuel 19. Uh, It records David's plea for God's help. Notice in verse 3 what it says. David says, They lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me. Well, remember what it said in verse 11, 1 Samuel 19? It says, Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And David says, They lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me. Saul has set a snare for David. 
And it does, and think about it, doesn't it seem like that today? That the enemy of God, the enemy of righteousness, of holy living has surrounded us? Doesn't it seem like that the old devil and, and, and the, the unrighteousness and ungodliness today has set a snare and they, they wait just to destroy a child of God? I mean, it feels that way to me. It feels like every time you turn around, there's something. Try, there's, I, now, I'm not always looking around the corner for, you know, a ghost or some, something bad. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But, but when you turn the news on or you look in the world today, it sure seems like the world system is just out to get you as a child of God. But folks, listen, I want you to understand something. The circumstances that David is facing is a result of doing the right thing. Amen. But I want you to understand there's a God in heaven today. Amen. Who defends the righteous. Notice verse 2, and you can circle them, verse 2, 6, 7, and 12. David tells us and says, save me from bloody men. They make a noise like a dog and go around about the city. Swords are in their lips. Sin of their mouth, cursing and lying, which they speak. David is talking about how these men, as well as Saul, had bad mouths. They had bad manners. Their conversation was crude. That's what that noise, like a dog, means. It corrupt, cursing, cruel. Swords are in their lips. I mean, these guys who, who Saul had watching for David they were of evil character and conduct just like Saul kind of reminds you of the old saying birds of a feather flock together yeah and Saul didn't have any problem I don't think finding these kind of guys because that's the kind of person Saul had become if you want to be better you better hang around good godly people if you want to be a better Christian because the world will drag you down. And can I get an amen? Listen, the world, uh, they don't want you, a, a, a person out of the will of God and a Christian who's not living for God doesn't want you to do better. They don't want you to be a better Christian because the ways of the righteous condemn the wicked. So they want to drag you down. They want to keep you like you are. But I'm here to under, uh, try to encourage you as a child of God, I don't want to stay like I am. Listen, I, I, I've never wanted to be average or mediocre. I, I want to try to excel at everything that I do. But the most thing I want to excel at is in my relationship with God. And if you're going to do that, you've got to stay close to Him and put the world behind you. If you want to be a better Christian, you've got to hang around better Christians. And so David here, he's talking about these men. Look in verse 3 in Psalm 59. It says, they lie in wait. And now what Saul said, he said he sent messengers to David's house to watch him. And David said, they lie in wait. What? And look what he said, not for my transgression, nor for my sin. I mean, David's just been persecuted for doing the right thing. He's just being persecuted for, for doing good. But remember 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, if we, if we as God's, God's people, if we're going to live right and do right, we might as well get ready that we're going to suffer persecution. Okay. Okay. Listen, I, uh, if that's going then, then let's don't just fall to pieces when persecution comes. Just, just look around and say, well, I must be doing something right. 
Amen. And just keep moving forward for the cause of Christ because God told us it was going to happen. And so here's David. Uh, I mean, he is proof of the text here in 2 Timothy. Why? Because he is suffering persecution just for doing the right thing. Remember Matthew 5, verse 11 and 12? It says, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Now, listen, persecution is not the end of the road. We think it is sometimes. But think about it this way. Now, I, I want you to see what Matthew 5, 11, and 12 is saying. When persecution comes, we all have a tendency to fall to pieces, and we kind of think, oh, no, Lord, what is going on? You know, I mean, God, I'm trying to, I'm faithful. I do this, and I do this, and I'm doing the best I can to live for you and serve you and, and worship, and I'm trying to do everything right. Wait a minute. Don't get on the persecution. Just remember that blessings are just around the corner. Don't get hung up on the persecution. Why? Because God said, if they do all these things, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Blessings are coming. Amen. And so David cries out for deliverance. Look in Psalm 59, 1 and 2. Oh, let me get over here. Y'all are already there. I didn't turn, so y'all stay with me. Psalm 59. Listen, God wants to bless us. He wants to take care of us. Verse 1 says, David said, Deliver me from mine enemies, O my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. Listen, he's talking about what's going on over in 1 Samuel, what Saul is doing to him. When trouble came, David sought help from the greatest source that was available to him. And if you'll read about David's life, you'll find that this was a habit for him. Listen, he, he, he went to seek God in times of trouble, and he done it right away, immediately. He didn't wait. He didn't try to wade through the trouble on his own. When trouble came, listen, we see it here in Psalm. He said, deliver me from mine enemies. Listen, I want you to understand, David knew what was happening, but he knew that God would take care of him. And so he cried out to him. You say, well, how do you know? Well, I want you to see this. I thought this was interesting. Look in verse 16. We see David's confidence in God. Verse 16, it says, But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy. Look at these next three words. What does it say? Are you, you catching what he's throwing? Listen, uh, it's not morning yet. You, you follow me? It's not morning. Listen, David is still in the night of his trouble. And David said, listen, I'm going to sing of God's power and God's mercy in the morning. David believed that when the morning came that he was going to be, be delivered by, uh, from all of his trouble. And so he's singing praises and deliverance for, uh, about God in the nighttime because he was, had faith and trust in God that God was going to take care of him. So when the night comes and trouble is on your doorstep, listen, we can thank God because in the morning it's coming and God's going to take care of us. David, uh, listen, he demonstrates a different attitude. David believed that when the morning came, he'd be delivered. In our day, uh, people, you know, think it's smart not to believe God. They think it's smart not to believe about God's Word and, and the so-called intellects of our day. They arrogantly and 
critically question everything they can about the Bible. Oh, we can't, it's antiquated, it's old, and, and, and the better version says, no, wait a minute. David is he's, he's thankful, and he demonstrates a different attitude, and it's an attitude of victory. Turn to Psalm chapter 30 and verse 5. Listen, God's people ought to demonstrate this same attitude. And if you, Psalm 30 and 5, it tells us, weeping may endure for a night, but what? Why, when? In the morning. Listen, have we forgotten about the morning? Have we forgotten that when trials come and if we get so stuck about the nighttime and the troubles, we forget that joy comes in the morning. Listen, God is still on the throne and he'll still deliver us. And David, in the night of his trouble, he said, listen, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to thank you for tonight because in the morning is coming. And we forget about that oftentimes, but David didn't. You know, we sing to him, faith is the victory. Listen, unbelief didn't write Hebrews 11. Amen. But faith like David's faith inspired uh, Hebrews 11. And, and you and I today, we have the entire uh, word of God given to us, and we have it in its entirety, in its perfect form. And, and yet, listen, and, and if anybody ought to be, be singing the song, Faith is a Victory, it ought to be you and me. Because I've read the back of the book, and we win. David's faith inspired Hebrews 11. But notice, uh, looking back in 1 Samuel 19, verse 11, we see something else. We see Michael's warning. Get my glasses on. It says, Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. Boy, that's two different outlooks, isn't it? Saul is praying for David. You know, he's seeking David's death in the morning but but david is praising god's deliverance in the morning now i'm and i'm going to ask you you can choose one of two things you can choose the defeatist side of the morning or you can choose the victory side of the morning you can choose god's side which is victory in the morning or you can choose the world's side which is spiritual death now personally i think i'll stay, stick with david and i can i'll sing praises to god because the victory for me comes in the morning amen so Michael, notice, keep, what is, keep reading verse 11. It says, and uh, they sent to slay him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, thy, the, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. Now Michael goes, and you know, she's David's wife. And she warns David of Saul's plot to have him killed. Now, the Bible does not tell us how she found out. But Numbers 32, 23, you know what it says? Be sure your sin will find you out. And the fact is, Michael is the second person that's found out about Saul's plot to kill David. The second person in Saul's own family. The first one was Jonathan. Listen, uh, you cannot conceal your sin. Yeah, can't do it. And if you remember back in the back verses uh, earlier, you read, you remember why Saul presented uh, Michael for David's wife to lay a snare for David. 
so that she would help Saul kill David. But here she is, warning David of Saul's plot to kill him. You know, Saul's plans worked against him and not for him. What Saul planned for evil uh, for David, God turned it for the good for David. Isn't that the way God does stuff? I mean, those who live for God, uh, you know as well as I do, if you've ever lived long enough, that God will take things bad in your life and make something good out of it. Amen. It happened for Moses. It happens here for David. And it'll happen for the people of God. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 5. When you find your place, say amen. All right. Look what it says. The Lord, that's Jehovah God. The Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing. What a great God we serve. If you live a godly life as David did, God will turn your burdens into blessings, your trials into triumphs, your adversities into advantages, and your obstacles into opportunities. But if you rebel against God, if you live a disobedient life, then God will turn your blessing into a curse. Uh, David lived a godly life. and God gave him discernment over evil and temptation in his life. And, and listen, and God will do the same thing for you and me if, if we live godly and stay close. You know, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah, I was talking some of your spidey senses will stick come out. And you'll just feel like, you know, something just ain't right. You know, have you ever been in a situation when and you know that you just need to go? Boy, I have. And once I leave, and, and you know, it's inevitable that it, when you leave out of a situation like that, it's inevitable that somewhere later down the road, God comes back and shows you something, and it's like, man, you know, I was right there. It's, it's not, you know, something that just good, ju no, wait a minute. God says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered up by God, and if we will listen to him, God will deliver us out of all our trouble. It's those like Saul who were just so rebellious and out of God's will that they just didn't want to do the right thing no matter what. The proof was right there. God gave them an opportunity, and, they, and, and Saul said, I'm not going to do it. And so as a result, God turned his blessing into a curse. But I'm thankful today that we have David that we can look to, and we can know that when trials come, listen, trials will come, but so does the morning. And I'm looking for the morning. All God's people can say, Father, help us. God, I'm thankful that, Lord, uh, God, you told us that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us as Christians to, Lord, when persecution comes, just realize that there's blessings tied to it on the other end. God, we just, if we just, uh, Lord, be not be weary in well-doing. God, you said we'll reap in due season if we faint not. And so, Lord, help us, God, to rely on you. Uh, Lord, help us, God, to draw strength from you. Help us, God, to put on the whole armor of God. And, Lord, to spend time on our knees in prayer that our relationship with you, Lord, might be to that point as David, that, God, when trouble is brewing, that, God, we'll have the discernment, Lord, to get out of the way. And and, and, Lord, flee from those kinds of situations. So, Lord, please help us. 
God, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Strengthen us, Lord. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if the Lord's speaking to your heart about something tonight, maybe something's on your heart and you want to just come pray about it, let me encourage you, you come.